If today you hear God's voice, harden not your hearts. We say that a lot. I don't know if you ever thought about that. You think, well, why would I harden my heart? It's a common refrain in the gospel because our ancestors in the Bible, our ancestors did harden their hearts and they didn't listen. When God speaks to us in his word, we should listen with soft hearts and open minds. We know that when the the scriptures are proclaimed as they have been today, especially in this liturgical assembly, we're just not, we're not rehashing something that's 2,000 or more, 2,000 more years uh, old. God is speaking to us right now. And it all leads to that climactic moment when the gospel is proclaimed by a deacon or a priest or myself. But it's not really us who's speaking at that point. It's Jesus Christ who speaks to us directly. That's why we stand if we're able for the gospel. We sing the Alleluia and we turn toward the, the gospel being proclaimed. I, as the bishop, that's the only other time that I hold the crozier during Mass, waiting, listening to the Good Shepherd speak to me and all of us. Jesus today speaks to us, and they all speak, all the readings today give us kind of a common theme, if you will, and that is avoid greed. Stop living for yourselves and live for God and neighbor, and then everything else will work itself out. So we get the first reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Do you know about this book? I don't know if you know much about Ecclesiastes. I didn't until I took a class called Ecclesiastes. Um, (laughs) No, it was a book, it was a class on wisdom literature. It's part of the wisdom literature like Job and Sirach and the Psalms and Proverbs. And it opened my eyes. It's, It's a can I say this, God? I'm going to. It's a strange book. And, and if you read it, you think, wow, what is this doing in the Bible? It's um, very, it mentions God, I think, only a few times in there. And most of it is what we heard today. Life is meaningless. Whoa, that's harsh. You know that song by the mamas and papas? No. Turn, turn, turn. Who sang that? Oh, the birds. Fine, I wasn't born yet. But anyway... <laughs> Um, but that song, there is a season, a time to be born, a time to die, that's, in, that's from chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes. It's, it's pretty much the whole book is like that. We wake up, we're hungry, we eat, we're tired, we go to bed, we work, we come home, we rest, we wake up, we eat. Life is meaningless. What is that doing in the Bible? Well, as people of faith, we look and we know what the sacred author meant. The sacred author meant, without God, life is really pointless. But with God, Knowing where we are headed, we're living with God here on earth and we will live with God forever in the kingdom of heaven. Life has infinite meaning. And we don't just live for ourselves and to eat, to rest, to work, etc. But we live to build up the kingdom, adoring and worshiping God and helping our brothers and sisters around us. And that's what Jesus really drives home today in the gospel. He, He gives us this parable. Again, when Jesus speaks, we really ought to listen. But when God calls someone a fool, Boy, doesn't that get our attention. Jesus uses this example where here's someone who's so happy he has a great harvest. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But he says to himself, and here's where he turns and goes to the wrong side, the dark side, if you will. Instead of saying, how can I share this with my brothers and sisters? He says, how can I see that I will be comfortable for years and years to come without having to rely on anyone or anything? Ah, I'll build bigger silos and barns. And then God says, and this is really scary, you fool, tonight your very life will be required of you. Then where will all that stuff that you're holding on to go? Nowhere. And neither will your very soul. It will remain on earth, buried on earth. 
That should terrify us. And Jesus tells us this not to make us scared or feel guilty, but to remind us that we live not for ourselves, but for God and our neighbor. Again, there's nothing wrong with having a good harvest. Great. Nothing wrong with having money. Great. But the problem is when that becomes our God, when that becomes our goal, is to whatever we can see, touch, taste, hear, and smell on earth, or amass for ourselves. Jesus reminds us today that we need to reorient ourselves toward God. As he says in another gospel, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will fall into place. Or as Pope Emeritus Benedict has said, I love this line, he said, the unique characteristic of of Christians is that they have hope. And it's not just some pie in the sky kind of hope. It's hope that is rooted in the reality of heaven. And knowing that we're going to heaven, planning for that, orienting ourselves toward heaven, is not a way of escaping the problems on our, or our brothers and sisters, but it helps us to live well here on earth. We already have a foothold in heaven in Jesus Christ, so that makes us really want to live as children of God here on earth. I hope you have someone around you who inspires you to be generous, to be kind, to give over more and more of herself or himself to others. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe someone in your house, or in your extended family, or a neighbor, or a parishioner. I hope you and I are that person for someone. I hope we can inspire people to be more kind, more generous toward our brothers and sisters. As I was thinking about who inspires me, there's a lot of people, but I was thinking especially about a person in in a parish where I used to serve. It's a a man who would come into our church every day, our chapel. He would come in every day, especially on hot days, so that was a clue, and he would sit there in the chapel for hours and hours, and he had a big suitcase with him, so ah, I get it. I'm guessing he's probably homeless, and he comes in because it's safe, it's dry, it's cool in our chapel, but he would pray for days and days, and I thought, ooh, I'm the pastor. I should engage him. Hey, sir, welcome. Good to see you. What's your name? Nothing. Not a word. You didn't say anything to me. I would try every day, and finally I just gave up. And one day I came in and I said, sorry, buddy, I got to close. You need to leave. And I watched him go, and sure enough, he went a block away. I could still see him, and he he went to an abandoned um, or a closed business, and then he bedded down for the night, and he slept there. So he would sleep there every day and then come to our place and pray. And he would come to Mass on Sundays as well all four of the masses, you know, again, it's air conditioned and that's fine, but he participated and it was really good. And one Sunday, I think I was probably talking about helping to build up our our food pantry, which was um, low, and then helping Catholic charities and all of that, and basically helping the poor and those who are in need. A couple days later, I'm in my office and the secretary says, there's someone to see you. Not a surprise, that happened all the time, great. And she said, I think he's just come from the airport because he has his suitcase with him. I said, oh, I know who this is. So I went out and I said, hey, come on in to the office. And I thought, good, we're going to talk finally. How are you doing? What's your name? Why do you come here every day? How can I help you, etc.? Nothing. All he did is he reached in his pocket, he pulled out three $20 bills and he put them in my hand and he said three words, for the poor. And I almost blurted out, but you're the poor. <laughs> But I'm glad I didn't, of course. But I did say, but sir, I think, I think you need this, don't you? Don't, don't you need these funds? And he just shook his head and he said, for the poor. And he did that about every six months. It might be a $20 bill or a $10 bill, or once it was four $20 bills that he would count into my hand and he would always say, for the poor. 
Now, those who are critical or, you know, might say, well, all right, where did he get that money? Why didn't he save that he could have, you know, got an apartment or something? I don't know. But I do know that he gave what he needed because he saw other people as being more needy than himself. And that inspires me, and I hope that inspires you as well. Again, this is meant, Jesus doesn't, I think, make us want, want to make us feel guilty or scare us, but I do think he wants to get our attention because that it's really, we should think about this. When we're standing before the Lord, it could be tonight, today, it could be in another 20 or 100 years, but when we're standing before the Lord, we don't want to hear him say, you fool, but rather hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I know you weren't perfect. I know you sinned. I know your sins more than you do, but I know you tried. I know you tried to give over more and more of your life for me and for your neighbor. This is how we ought to live so that we may be welcomed by the poor, by the saints and angels into the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will fall into place.